0: Hello there, and welcome to Rise Over Race, a limited podcast series bringing you a few conversations that highlight the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and why they should matter to every individual out there. My name is Lifika Baloi, and I invite you to listen in on what will hopefully be an engaging conversation about diversity and inclusion in the workplace. My guest is Samara Chaudhry, who is a colleague, a mentor, and someone who truly inspires me. I remember my very first conversation with her, and I must say, it truly felt like we were two people who had been friends for decades. In thinking about a guest for this episode... She was the first person that came to mind, and I know she's going to bring so much value and insight on this really important topic. Welcome, Samira.
1: Thanks so much, Lafika. I'm happy to be here, and thanks so much for that amazing intro. To get started, I think my first
0: question really is about your journey. Yes, I have um, provided a very brief introduction, but maybe you could tell us a bit more about how you got started, where you started, and where you currently are.
1: Sure, I guess in the wise words of Drake, I started from the bottom and now we're here. I actually think my career journey started back when I went to McMaster University. I started university as all first years do. We have dreams to change the world. And I decided to go into social work. I thought focusing on social sciences and becoming a social worker will help me make a real impact in my my local community. But after my first year, my eldest brother, who is actually one of my biggest supporters throughout my career journey, he took me aside and he told me that it might be a good idea for me to move into commerce as a major, as it may give me more opportunities and options um, when I'm seeking a job after graduating. So being the good youngest sister, I took his advice and I gave up on what I thought was going to be my dream of being a social worker and having an impact in my community. After I graduated, I worked in an insurance company. I worked within the financial industry in the treasury department, in finance, spanning New York and London as an individual contributor. And, you know, I I probably forgot that dream I had of making an impact in my community and on other people. But once I moved into technology and operations and became a people manager, I quickly learned that I had influence over my team and my words and actions truly mattered. So I got the feeling and sense that I could help people as a people manager in similar ways as I wanted to help them as a social worker, as I can help people achieve their potential. And believe in the art of the possible when it comes to their career, planning goals and progression within our company. Since realizing this, I have become a mentor and sponsor for many people across the organization and across the industry in hopes of helping people identify, frame and achieve their dreams. People think that I'm a resource for them and they get a lot out of me, but what they don't realize is how much fulfillment um, I get out of my interactions with them.
0: The first thing I'm going to say is a thank you to your brother for actually having that conversation with you. If didn't have that conversation, I'm not too sure that our paths would have crossed. And I'm really, really, really happy that they did. Because if there's one thing I will mention about you is you've been a really inspirational person to me from the get-go. When I first started at RBC, you sort of just took me under your wing. You're one of the first people actually who contacted me to say, oh, let's have a coffee chat. And within that coffee chat, you're like, oh, we're friends now. And that loving, caring part of you that you wanted to bring about in your social work dream, I can definitely say I see it as you lead the business transformation team at RBC. And so I just want to let you know that I'm definitely happy that um, you are a part of this industry and a part of my life, my professional life, particularly. Um, and so thank you to your brother, but more importantly, thank you to you as well for what you've provided so far in terms of mentorship and in terms of leadership.
1: Honestly, I feel humbled and really appreciate that feedback. I'm not sure if on a podcast you can tell if someone's smiling, but I have a big smile on my face and it really <laughs> fills my heart to hear, to hear you say those words. So thank you so much.
0: Now that we're actually on the topic of leadership and you being a leader, the whole point of this podcast series is to sort of highlight, like I said in the intro, Um, the importance of diversity and inclusion in the spaces that we find ourselves in. And so my next question to you is, what does diversity and inclusion mean to you? And how has it impacted the way you lead teams?
1: So when you first become a people leader, a lot of people read various resources. And these resources talk about when people feel valued, Um, And when they're self-motivated, they function at full capacity, they really feel a part of the the organization's mission um, and helps them to form at higher levels while they're self-motivated and morale will soar. So I think diversity and inclusion is an important part of this. Uh, But I think they're two very different things. So diversity is really how do you differentiate various groups? This could be in terms of ethnicity, sexual orientation, um, education, or age. Uh, And individuals within organizations bring very diverse perspectives based on their work experiences and their life experiences. Really, diversity is very powerful. If you're able to unleash the benefits of it, you'll be able to recognize the differences between each other and learn to respect and value them. Inclusion is where, as a people leader, you have a lot of power and empower your team. Inclusion is really our efforts as people leaders in an organization um, to create practices in which different groups or individuals um, having different backgrounds are accepted and welcomed and equally treated. Inclusion is really like what is like people having a sense of belonging within your team. Um, it makes people feel respected. It makes people feel valued, linking it back to what people managers are looking for. Then you will have a team full of uh, motivated self starters um, who will want to help you move the organization's mission um, and strategy forward. The process of inclusion engages individuals and makes people feel valued, which is really essential um, to the success of the organization. So in simple terms, diversity is the mix, but inclusion is how we as people, leaders, enable people to get that mix to work well together. So we have a big influence on diversity and inclusion within our organizations.
0: Now that we're actually on the topic of diversity and inclusion and you've sort of given a description of what diversity and inclusion means to you, there's something that I want to ask you in relation to employees bringing their best selves to work. I think often when you have employees from marginalized groups, that is Black um, employees, Indigenous employees, people of color, um, you often hear leadership and you often hear companies saying, we want you to bring your best self to work. But as a black person, I know that I find it challenging at times because traditionally spaces like this haven't allowed for um, people like me to bring their full selves to work. And so my question really is what can leaders do to create environments where all employees feel like they can bring their full selves to work?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's very important for people to bring their full selves to work. Um, That's really what's going to help propel an organization to be successful and move towards their strategic mission and goals. As leaders, we have a big influence in this realm. It's actually interesting. It's, It's more psychological, a more psychological question, I think. Because as leaders, we'd have to really challenge ourselves and identify our unconscious biases. So, you know, what is an unconscious bias? Uh, it's, a st- it's a stereotype about certain groups of people or individuals um, from outside of our own conscious awareness. And it's very hard to become aware of something that is unconscious. There are probably a few things you can do. Step one is always acknowledgement. So acknowledge that there is a potential for biases. You know, our brain has a tendency towards biases. And the first step in that is to recognize it. Because our brain creates these biases, we shouldn't necessarily feel guilty about them. We are going to be as leaders, enablers of diversity within our organization, it's very important for us to regularly check in with ourselves to see if there are biases that are influencing our decision. Because they're unconscious, there is a level of self-awareness or a level of introspection you may have to take because you'll have to change what is unconscious and bring that within your consciousness. In addition to acknowledging the potential biases, I think we should really be wary of first impressions. The first time you meet somebody within a few minutes, your brain does this thing where it decides, you know, do you like this person? Do you not? I think it's usually based on being drawn to somebody who has similarities to you, whether it's how they dress, their facial expressions, how they speak. And, you know, we should really be aware of this immediate draw to somebody or being put off from somebody immediately and take a step back and try to move away from just the similarities and decide on more than just that first impression if you like or don't like somebody. third thing we can do is learn a bit more about stereotypes. The more awareness we have about different stereotypes, the more likely we are to be able to identify those stereotypes. An example of this is women are very good communicators. Not all women are very good communicators. Some of them may not be. Don't have the assumption or their stereotype that, oh, because this is a woman, she must be a really good communicator. Really look closely at your expectations from people and try to understand if those are colored with stereotypes. I have two more uh, things that we could probably do as leaders is broaden your focus. So a lot of times the human brain has the ability to weed out distractions and you can get focused and pay attention to particular things, whether it's one idea or one way of looking at things, a certain way of doing your work certain way of looking at data. And if you find yourself being laser focused, see if you can take a step back and broaden your focus. That could help you think outside of the box and maybe be able to help you identify talent to join your team that you might not have initially thought would be able to be successful within your team. And lastly, Expose yourself to alien experiences, right? Being in an unfamiliar surrounding and exposing yourself to different or um, sometimes uncomfortable experiences is really a personal uh, way of growing but it also will help you in your professional life where it will decrease the unconscious biases or any cultural assumptions you have towards people. In the end, right, a preference for diversity is not always a natural taste, it's something to be acquired. So you will have to seek out identifying your unconscious biases in order to acquire this taste towards diversity.
0: It's pretty cool that you say that. Um, Preference for diversity is not always a natural taste. It has to be acquired. Look at you preaching and it's not even a Sunday. <laughs> um <laughs> I really, really like that. Um, It sort of lets people know that diversity and inclusion, I mean, these are concepts that are easy to talk about, but it can be challenging as a leader to sort of try and figure out how you are going to make your team a whole lot more diverse and how you are going to everyone feel included in your organization. And so some of the tips that you've given, I think, will be really helpful to leaders out there, whether they are in finance or they are in um, engineering spaces or mining spaces. Really, I think the advice you've given so far crosses all those borders, whatever leader you are and whichever industry you're in, these are some tools and some advice um, that you can use to sort of build those diverse and inclusive environments.
1: I hope it's coming across is that it's you have to take a more active leadership stance. So you can't take a passive stance, towards diversity and inclusion. You can't think it's just going to happen in my team. We have to be very active and we have to be uh, calculated in how comfortable we make our uh, employees and our teams feel in order to actually foster true diversity inclusion within an organization. As you were giving us these nuggets of advice, I was thinking to
0: myself, well, in 10, 15, 20 years, who knows? I might be a people's manager. I might be a leader. And so I guess I'm getting an early start on what I can do to make um, the teams that I will probably and hopefully lead um, to be more diverse and to be more inclusive. And so this actually ties into my next question, which is how can students like myself prepare ourselves for the leadership roles of tomorrow?
1: I'm going to give some advice. I I stray away from giving direct advice usually because uh, I do understand that my advice is probably tainted with my own unconscious bias and it's always going to lean towards whatever experience I've had. So I'm going to give this advice, but I also want everybody to kind of pick and choose what works for them. I will share six things with you. They worked, they've worked so far for me. Uh, They are some aspects of these six items that I'm still working on, uh, but I hope you find them helpful. So the first one is uh, humility, to show humility. Be modest about your capabilities and don't be afraid to admit when you've made a mistake, right? Everybody is human, everybody uh, is successful at times, and everybody will probably fail as certain times in your career. And you learn more from the failures than you do from the successes. Uh, so don't be afraid to admit that you failed. Um, the second one is uh, to start to become aware of your own biases uh, and to build, to figure out how to build an environment will, where people can um, get that same self-awareness on their biases. The third is to provide a visible commitment uh, towards diversity and inclusion. Be your authentic self, but, you know, don't be afraid to challenge the status quo. And don't be afraid to hold others accountable uh, and make diversity and inclusion a personal priority for you. Uh, Curiosity about others is, is the fourth item, you know, demonstrating that you have an open mindset Uh, And a a deep-rooted curiosity to learn uh, about other people, listen to people without judgment, um, and seek to understand with empathy. That's very important as a leader. Uh, We have in the past many times talked about, you know, uh, your intelligence quotient, emotional intelligence. um, But as leaders, we need to be culturally intelligent as well. Uh, It's very important to be attentive to other people's cultures and adapt as required, um, especially because uh, people's cultures and religion are such a big part of who they are um, and frame their identity. Uh, And finally, learn to be an effective collaborator. Um, Effective collaborators empower others. Uh, They pay, pay attention to diversity of thinking and they really create a psychologically safe environment for teams to be cohesive. Again, these are just some things that uh, I think helped me prepare myself to be the leader of today. Um, Hopefully they're little tidbits that can help you as you prepare to be the leader of tomorrow. Thank you so much for that. I
0: think firstly, I really appreciate you saying that you do believe that I could be um, a people's manager in the future, I could be a leader. That is something I'm actually aiming towards. I think being a part of the business transformation team as an intern the past couple of months has really showed me that there is a lot of potential within me. And the sky truly is not the limit. Um, I came into this internship thinking, well, I'm going to try and do my best and we'll see what happens with that. But within the few weeks that I've been with the business transformation team, I'm sort of like, why am I closing myself off from opportunities, like being a leader, um, within, a, within the banking industry, within the financial industry, or whatever industry I'm going to be a part of. Um, and so thank you for those kind words and thank you for those tidbits that you have sort of given us, um, and I hope students listening out there and young professionals who are starting out in their careers will really listen to all the advice that you've given and um, implement them in their careers and their journeys. And um,
1: I'm really, really grateful that um, you shared that with us. The future. So thanks so much to you, Lafika, and everybody else who was behind. Um, creating the concept of this podcast and editing and putting this podcast together. I really appreciate uh, all your efforts on this project. It's amazing.
0: We are at the end of my conversation with Sumaira about diversity and inclusion in the workplace. I am hoping you, the listener out there, enjoyed listening to this conversation as much as I did being a part of it. Special thanks to everyone who worked on this podcast series. This includes the hosts in the other episodes and the folks who worked behind the scenes to get this podcast series ready. Shout out to my good friend Afwa for all the advice you gave as I was prepping for my conversation with Samira, and for also assisting me with editing this episode. Thank you and take care.